0: How many of you have had that moment in life where you're lying in pain, maybe it's emotional, physical, maybe financial, where you just think to yourself, wow, that was a bad idea. Anybody been there before? Absolutely. And today we want to talk about something that I think is so incredibly important as we talk about the direction of our lives and the direction of our year. We're going to talk about something called wisdom that I think is so important important to talk about. We also want to talk today about decisions, wisdom in decision-making, because one of the things I have found is that I've had enough moments where I metaphorically or literally get flipped head over heels and realize that I can really make some dumb decisions in life. It can kind of make decision-making hard for me. I mean, there's moments where I need to make decisions in life, and I remember those moments where I've been flipped over, where I've been hurt, where I've got done and thought, wow, that was so incredibly stupid, where I just don't want to take a step forward. And the thing is, my generation has been found, for the millennial generation and younger That decision-making, especially in big decisions in life, is getting harder and harder for two reasons. One is that my generation has so many more options. Like when it comes to travel, where we're going to live, what we're going to do for work, there's so many options that we can choose from. In past generations, it was kind of like the old lady that went to her husband and said, hey, what do you want for dinner? And he said, what are my options? And she said, yes or no. <laughs> and the same thing is, is how the older generations kind of had when it came to certain things. You want this? Okay, it's yes or no. It's, you, can have, you, know, you can have a Model T in any color as long as it's black. And, and throughout time now, we've, we've developed so many more options to where there's so many things we can choose from. And the second thing that I think has made decision-making in life a lot harder especially for the younger generation, is the illusion of perfection. The illusion that perfection exists in so many areas in life. The perfect marriage, the perfect job, the perfect car, the perfect house. And what feeds into this is, I think, things like TV and social media where you see other people's lives, and what you end up doing is you compare the highlight reel of someone else's life to the behind the scenes of your own life. And you're like, oh, I just want to be like them. And we start to start to believe things that should be perfect. Like, for instance, my generation was told when it came to a job, don't just go to a job you don't like. You should have a calling, something you're passionate about. And so then when we're not passionate about our job, we're like, oh, this must not be the right job or we're told that you know the one exists romantically movies have told us that there's this one person that we're going to look across the room and we're immediately going to fall in love and it's all going to be rainbows and cupcakes and unicorns from then on out and then when it isn't we're like oh we must have made the wrong decision that the idea of perfection is something that has really messed with our generation Our world today and in the same way it messes with us spiritually as well like there must be a perfect decision out there and we get to the point where we think no decision is better than an imperfect decision and so we think oh there must be a perfect decision in every single area of my life last week we talked about picking a direction for our life We talked about the fact that we need to look at the who before the do. We need to look at who God is calling us to be before we decide the things that we're going to do. We need to understand our why before the what. We need to understand why we're doing the things that we're doing. Why are we going anywhere in life? Why are we choosing the direction for our life that we're choosing? This week, I want to talk about those moments that aren't quite as clear, because I think when it comes to who we're called to be in life, we know the big decisions, right? We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to go and make disciples. We're called to walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. We're called to focus on God's kingdom before our own kingdom, right? But what about, like, what car I'm supposed to drive? What about how I'm supposed to raise my kids? What about how many kids I should have? Who I'm supposed to marry? What about these other decisions that aren't necessarily covered in God's word, and there's two things I want to talk about today that are so important. Wisdom in the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like my daughter when she's going to bed. You know, sometimes we think God must have, like, for every little decision in our life, like there must be a God decision. We almost wish God would give us kind of a script. Okay, God, what color shoes am I wearing today? What, what kind of pants am I putting on? Whatever it is, God, just give me all the answers. But instead, I think sometimes it's like the moments when my daughter's going to bed, and I say, listen, you can pick out a few toys. And so she goes, and she starts picking out toys. And at the end of the day, I don't care what toys she picks, as long as she's heading in the direction of bed. And in the same way, I think there's times where God's like, you can pick that, yeah, go for it. As long as you're heading in this direction of becoming more like Jesus, heading in this direction of building my kingdom before your own, yes, you can pick this toy and this toy. And just like with my daughter, there's moments of wisdom where I might speak some wisdom into her life and say, Honey, that one is the size of your whole bed. That might not fit well, but if you want to try it, go for it. The same thing in our life. Sometimes God says, Yeah, that might hurt a little bit. That one's a little pokey. Might not want to make that decision. God will lead us and guide us and give us wisdom. Sometimes, though, we expect God to have everything all lined out for our life. And sometimes we look at people in the Bible and we expect, you know, they were led by the Holy Spirit. God was using them. They were working. Them and God were like this. So God must have had all their decisions lined out. They must have known every little detail of every little plan. But I love in 1 Corinthians 16... We see Paul, who's kind of the man of the New Testament, church planner, missionary, man of God, man who's led by the Holy Spirit. He must have had everything figured out. He must have had every little decision in life all taken care of, and there must have been no opposition to him, right? I love what it says in chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians. It's kind of a random set of verses, but I just like, there's a couple of things that I've noticed I think are so funny. He says, Perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. There's also a passage where Paul says, I tried so hard to go to this place because I thought it was the right choice. I tried to go over here, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. I wanted to go preach the gospel, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. Thing is, the Bible says, in Proverbs sixteen nine, that we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Sometimes we want God to just tell us everything. And sometimes we're like, God, tell me what to do here. Tell me where to go. But sometimes what God does is he gives us wisdom in how to make decisions. He gives us wisdom to know more about his will. There's a story of Solomon, King Solomon in the Old Testament, When he becomes king, he was supposed to do one animal sacrifice to God as a moment of worship. Instead, he went a little overboard and did a thousand. And it says that God was pleased with that, because God is pleased when we worship him. God is pleased when we sacrifice before him and we come, we bring everything before his altar. And so God comes to Solomon and says, listen, tell me whatever you want, one thing, and you'll get it. Solomon doesn't say, give me riches, give me power, give me victory over my enemies. Instead, he says, listen, I don't know how to be a king, so I probably need some wisdom. He says, God, give me wisdom. And God says, listen, not only will I give you wisdom, but I'll give you the power and I'll give you the riches as well because that is a very pleasing thing to ask for to me. That's why Solomon writes in Proverbs 4, verse 7, that getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. You kind of notice how that repeats a little bit? Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, which just sounds kind of funny. And then second, he says, and then in everything else you do, have good judgment. Well, where do you get good judgment from? From wisdom. So, Listen, the best thing you can do in life is get wisdom, and the second best thing in life is get wisdom. And everything else you do, wisdom will help you make good decisions and have good judgment. And so today I want to talk a little bit about wisdom. And first I want to talk about the question, what is wisdom? My, My personal definition of wisdom is truth with understanding. Truth with understanding. Because a lot of times we can have truth, but if we don't have the understanding of the truth to apply it in our lives, then it's not going to do us much good, is it? It's like the old statement, I always heard this when I was growing up. The difference between knowledge and wisdom, or truth and wisdom, is that knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, and wisdom is having the understanding to not put it into a fruit salad. Like, we, we, there's things we can know... But wisdom gives us the understanding to apply that truth into our lives. The thing is, all throughout the Bible, there is truth that we see universally as well. There are so many things in the Bible, like the idea that you reap what you sow. In the world, we say it like this, what goes around comes around. There's things like, they talk about like karma, whatever that is. The fact is, the Bible's pretty clear. And the rest of the world, and even science, you can see it. That when there is an, for every action, there is a reaction. In life, you reap what you sow. You do something, and something comes back. In fact that your friends influence you. This is something we see throughout the world. This is a truth that we see in the world and in the Bible. Those who are around you influence you. The Bible says, walk with the wise to become wise. Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We also see in the rest of life that how you think about yourself, what you have going on inside of you is so incredibly important, even more important than what's going on outside and what you're projecting to the world. The idea that your identity matters is a truth of God's word. And we see it all throughout the rest of our world, that your identity matters, what you think of yourself, who you think you are, is incredibly important the question then is how do we apply these truths in our life that's wisdom wisdom is having the understanding to take God's truth and apply it in our life in a way that will help us to live a life pleasing to him and so today I want to talk about how to grow in wisdom and the first thing I want to talk about that I think is so incredibly important if you want to grow in wisdom you have to walk you have to walk with the wise. The Bible says that if you walk with the wise, you will become wise. And it later says, for a companion of fools will suffer harm. You know, growing up, I had a really close-knit group of friends in high school. Like, we were incredibly close because we had two things in common. One, we were all homeschooled, which means we all spoke weirdo as a first language, we all had that common experience in our life. And the second thing we had in common is that we were all idiots. We got along really well. And we got into a lot of trouble. Notice how, lo- how much my mom is laughing right now. If you, if you want to look at her face. We were dumb. Man. But eventually, we grew up, thankfully. Most of us, I think, grew up and grew in wisdom and maturity. But I think there, there were a lot of moments where I had harm that came to me because I hung around with stupid people and did stupid things. The Bible says the companion of fools will suffer harm. My mom used to always ask me, maybe your mom, raise your hand with me if your mom asked you a similar question to this. Like, if your friend jumped off a bridge, anybody else's mom say something like that? Okay, wow! Yes! If your friends jumped off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge too? You want to know what the answer is? Yeah. Yes! Because a companion of fool suffers harm. If my friends are doing it, yeah, I probably will. I hang out with... Yes! Do a flip! Yeet! Let's go! Because if I hang out with stupid people, I do stupid things. If I hang out... With fools, I will suffer harm. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. But at the same time, the beginning of the verse says, If you walk with the wise, you will become wise. I found that some of the people that I've been influenced the most by have been the people that I've walked with. I love that word walk because it implies more than just a text message, more than just a quick conversation, a quick, hey, how are you? It involves doing life together. That's one of the reasons I love that our small groups here at Cory Rock Church are called life groups because our groups are designed that we're doing life together, that we're taking things and applying them to our life together. We're praying over the things going on in our life. Together, we have someone that we're walking alongside. We're not just showing up and doing a Bible study. We're doing life together. And in the same way, in your relationships in life, when you walk with the wise, when you do life with the wise, it's going to help you grow. It's going to help you grow in wisdom. Because the reality is who you walk with matters. If you want to make better decisions in life, then you've got to hang around better people. If you want God's wisdom in your life, then you need to hang around God's people. I've heard it said that if you show me your friends, I can show you your future. Who you're around, who influences you, who's in your life matters. You know, I've had a lot of people that I've had the pleasure of walking alongside who have been in the process of being on probation. Especially being in ministry, I've gotten the chance to be around a lot of people that are on probation, out of prison, in that probationary period between being completely free but being out of an actual jail. And it's really interesting to me how probation officers work with their clients. Like, it's really interesting because... Their their ultimate job is to make sure that this person doesn't make the same mistakes again that they made before that got them here in the first place, right? And so it's amazing to me how much they care about their relationships. They care about who they're living with, who they're associating with, who they're hanging around, because ultimately that's something that affects whether or not you're going to go make these mistakes again, is who you're hanging with. Thing is in our own life, I think it's also incredibly important to remember that we, we should always be looking around and asking ourselves the question, are the people who are around me, are they people that I want to be like in any area of my life, when it comes to my relationship with Jesus, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to my health, whatever it is, are the people I'm hanging around, do they have something that I want? doesn't mean one person has everything. And some of you who are friends with me know there's areas I hope I'm influential on you in, and there's areas I shouldn't influence you in. There's things I don't know a lot about. But it, as you look around your life, asking yourself the question, are, are these people in a, in a position that I want to be in eventually, in some area? if not, how do I get around people who are in a position that I want to be in, in whatever area of my life? If I want to grow my finances, I better hang around people who actually have something going on in their finances that I want. In the area of health, in the area of my spirituality, I should be around people at some point in time who have more than me. Because if I'm the smartest person in the room always, I'm in the wrong room. If I'm not getting around people who are better than me, I'm never going to get better. Amen. If I'm not constantly looking and asking the question, who else is with me? Who's walking alongside me? I'm going to be in trouble at some point. There was a study done that looked at 12,000 people over a period of 32 years. It looked at 12,000 people over a period of 32 years and I just found the results fascinating. See, what they did was they looked at areas of, like, health and mental health and other things like that. And, and I thought this was so incredibly interesting. Of these 12,000 people, over a period of 32 years, what they found was that when it came to someone's weight, that 57% of the people, would they, they found you were 57% more likely to be overweight if they have a friend who's overweight and they also found that if someone loses a lot of weight, one of their three closest friends would as well. Now, the point of that isn't about weight or health or any of that other stuff. But it's, to me, what was mind-blowing was, not only do your friends have an impact on you, you have an impact on your friends. I mean, it's something as simple as just working out that is found that if one person starts getting better in this area, that at least one other friend, one other person around them will also start getting better in this area. And the same is true in your own life. Not only do your friends have an impact on you, but you have an impact on the circles around you. And so one of the questions we should always be asking ourselves is not only who is influencing me, who is impacting me, who is walking alongside me, who is mentoring me, who is discipling me. And if you don't have someone who's doing that, let me encourage you to make this the year that you get those relationships in your life. And if you need help with that, come talk to me. I know a lot of great people. I know a lot of great groups. I'd love to help you with that. It is so incredibly important. But also, the second piece of that is who are you influencing? Who are you giving wisdom to? Especially if you're someone who's been following Jesus for a long time. Who are you pouring your life into? Who is it that can look and go, wow, I want to be like them? Because I guarantee you there's somebody who needs that older person, that more mature person, to walk alongside them and help point them towards being like Jesus. And the great news is if you're like, well, I don't know much, great. We have have ways to pour into people all the way down to infants. You definitely know more about Jesus than an infant, right? And We can just keep working our way up there all the way to youth, to adults, whatever that is, there's people around you that need help, need guidance, need love. Who are you pouring into this year? And who's pouring into you? Who's walking alongside you? And and secondly, the the second way to get wisdom, first of all, you look at your circles. You walk with the wise to become wise. Second thing you do is you ask God. James 1.5 tells us, if any of you lack wisdom in any area, ask God who gives without reproach. I'm quoting the wrong translation, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. John 16, Jesus is speaking, and he's talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit will come, and he says, it's better that I go away because the Holy Spirit's coming soon, and when he comes, he will convict the world. And in verse 13, he says, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you all he's heard. He will tell you about the future. Psalm 32.8 says, I will guide you along the best pathways for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. I will guide you along the best pathways of, of life. I will advise you. I will watch over you. I love that image. We serve a God that says, come to me and ask for wisdom when you need it. And James 1 is speaking to a group of people that are going through a lot of hardship, a lot of terrible things, and he says, listen, when you're in the midst of these moments where it's the wind and the waves are above your head, he doesn't say God's just going to snap his fingers and get rid of it, but he says, come to me and I'll give you wisdom. Ask me and I'll give you wisdom. Jesus says the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And in Psalms it says that we serve a God that will guide us. And tell us the best pathways for our life and advise us and watch over us. Maybe you've had that moment for your parents in the room. Where you're watching over your kids, making sure they stay safe, but you're letting them make some decisions. Maybe you're telling them, man, maybe try it this way or try it this way. But there's still moments where you just kind of let them go and yeah, maybe hit a wall today. Maybe they kind of go over here a little bit. Maybe they don't make the smartest decision, but you're there to make sure it's not a terrible one. You're watching over them, but you're guiding them. You're advising them. You're that voice in their ear and in the same way God is the same to us. The question is how much are we asking for this wisdom? When we serve a God that knows all things, that can give wisdom in all areas of our life, the question is, how many areas of our life do we want God's wisdom in? Or should I say it this way? How much of God's wisdom are we asking for in our life? How many areas of our life are we bringing before God and saying, God, would you give me wisdom in my relationships? God, would you give me wisdom in my workplace? God, would you give me wisdom in our finances? and our health, and how we're raising our kids. God, would you lead me and guide me? Would you tell me the best pathways for my life? And let me encourage you in in this church. If you're not spending consistent time getting into God's word and soaking up his wisdom, if you're not spending consistent time getting on your knees before God and just talking to him, Or spending time while you're driving in your car just talking to Him. Sitting at your kitchen table drinking a cup of coffee, talking to Him. If you're not taking consistent time to spend time with God and not only speak to Him and bring things to Him, but also listen for Him to speak into your life, to listen as you open up your word and and hear His truth for your life, then you're missing out. You're missing out on the best pathways for your life. You're missing out on the leading and guiding of God's Holy Spirit because what I have found in life is that the Holy Spirit is powerful and amazing but also, the Bible says the Holy Spirit can be quenched. The Holy Spirit can also be muted because if you don't take time to listen, I've found that God is a gentleman. He doesn't like to interrupt. So if you keep talking, He's not just going to go, shh, It takes the time of us going, okay, God, I'm listening. Taking that time to be quiet and listen for the still small voice of the Holy Spirit to speak into our life. The question is, are we taking that time to do that this year? And the third thing is this. At some point in life, there are decisions, there are moments where we just have to jump, right? Maybe you've prayed about it. You've read God's word, you still don't feel like there's just like a clear, like, this is the holiest and most wonderful way. Sometimes you just got to decide. It's like Mr. Miyagi said to Daniel's son, I won't do the voice, but I will repeat what he said. He said, Daniel's son must talk. When you walk, walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, Sooner or later, you get squished like grape. Eventually, in life, you have to make a decision. But I love what it says in James chapter 3. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it. Let them show their wisdom. Here is the sign of wisdom. By their good life and by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. The content of your life and the humility that you have show how much wisdom you have. Then we go to Ephesians 5. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit and praise God. Being wise is shown by the content of your life, the humility that you have, how much you're listening to the Holy Spirit versus looking to the things of the world to fill you and change you. Wisdom is shown in how much we're living our life and how much we're taking every opportunity and making the most of it. There, there are things in our life that God makes very clear, very black and white. Man, there, there is things, that are, there's evil and there's good. There's things that are of God and things that are not of God. But then there are moments where things aren't quite so clear. Where we first need to check our hearts, but there's moments where we have to step out and make decisions. But it's so incredibly important that sometimes we need to make decisions, but we need to write them in pencil. And what I mean by that is this. It says in Proverbs chapter 3 that if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding... In all your ways you submit to him, he will make your path straight. In all your ways, acknowledge God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. See, sometimes we can make decisions in our life like this, and sometimes we make decisions in our life like this. Like sometimes there's moments where we go, okay, this is the decision that I'm making, and we acknowledge God and we go, okay, God, I'm making this decision, but I'm holding it just like this. God, I'm, I'm taking steps forward, but if you want me to change, God, you take it. It's all yours. And other times we make decisions like this. like, go, okay, God, let's go. Yeah, this, no, don't, don't worry about this. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, let's, let's, go, let's, let's go walk together. And sometimes we have moments where we're like, okay, God, would you please just you know, bless this area of my life? I need your wisdom in my relationship. I need your wisdom over here and over here. Oh, this? Oh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. just it's this other thing. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's just my just my relationship. I just, God, I, I don't need you in my bedroom. don't need you anywhere else. Just, you know, you stay in the kitchen. You stay out there, but you don't need to worry about what I'm doing over here. Hey, you don't need to worry about what I'm looking at on my, on my screen, God. Just let's not worry about that right now. Let's just worry about my finances. God, would you bless my finances and give me wisdom in that? Will you tell me what church to go to? In every area of our life, we have to ask ourselves a question. Is God welcome to speak his wisdom in our life? Every decision that we make, if God came to you and said, stop right now, would you have the trust in him, the spiritual maturity to slam on the brakes and say, okay, God, we're not going another step. Tell me what to do. In every area of our life is God welcome to speak his wisdom in because what I fear is that a lot of Christians talk about how much they want God's wisdom in their life but in reality if God really tried to speak they wouldn't listen anyways because that's an area that they want to have closed off. In every area of our life do we acknowledge him and want him to make our path straight? Do we honor God and trust him? With all of our heart, are we leaning on our own understanding or are we leaning on his wisdom? As we look at this year and ask ourselves the question, what direction are we going for this year? As I hope we're starting to plan out our year and look at habits and goals and things that we can change in our life to head more in the direction of being a fully devoted follower of Jesus, I want us also to ask ourselves the question, what areas of my life need more of God's wisdom what areas of my life is he not welcome right now the great thing is when you come you bring that to him he can soften your heart he can work on you he can help you to desire that even if you don't desire it right now let's finish off today with a word of prayer by saying God we believe your word that says if any of us lacks wisdom that you will give to us without reproach. So Father, we ask for your wisdom. And God, if there's anyone here in this place who just needs help with that next decision, that next area of their life, they need help deciding, whether it's the area of relationships, finances, maybe it's next steps of a career, where they move to, what house they buy, whatever it is. God, I I thank you for the wisdom that you give us. And God, would you give us wisdom and discernment as a people? Help us ultimately to be a people who trust you with everything and give every single area of our life to you and want to hear from you in every single area of our life. God, help us not just to be the kind of Christians who just show up to church on Sunday and then go into the rest of the week and do our own thing. God, help us to bring you into every single moment of our lives. Help us to seek you. Help us to do what your word says. It says to pray without ceasing. Help us to do that in our life throughout our day. God, would you work in us? Would you pour out your spirit on us and grow us closer and closer to you this week. God, you are awesome, amazing, and incredible. We praise you and thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.